to another great edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are recording this um, around midday of Saturday. Uh, I was trying to hold out long enough to watch the Ring of Honor feature on Flip Gordon, but Fox Sports South or Fox Southeast, whichever channel it comes on, or that I get on, on the package I have here, uh, decided that for the first two-thirds of the show that collegiate volleyball was more important. Okay. Collegiate volleyball, which happened in the past. So, um, I will talk about the Flip Gordon feature next week. I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to have some fantastic matches in it. I really have enjoyed what the Ring of Honor has been doing with uh, featuring some of their bigger talent, interviewing them, uh, able to pick some of their bigger matches, let them pick some of their matches, the ones that really stood out to them. Uh, Flip's had some some uh, a, a pretty interesting career. And I'll get more into him next week once I see the feature. But for now, let's start with the great action. There has been some uh, some, some good action. There's been some great action and some okay action. There wasn't any real bad stuff this week. Uh, let's start right with Raw. Now, on Monday Night Raw, they are really kicking up the Drew McIntyre versus Seth Rollins feud. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into a little bit of a tangent on that right now. My thing is, is it's nice that Drew McIntyre is, is finally getting a chance to have a run up top. It was partially his fault before. He knew that. We've talked about it before on here. Um, I think he's one of those guys. He's kind of like a Roman Reigns where he could actually – I think it would do better if he hangs on to the title for a little while. Because uh, if he gives up real quick, then it's just it's another throwaway. But let's see. He wins it at WrestleMania. So if he keeps it, I don't know, at least until SummerSlam or Survivor Series, I, I think I think that, that could be a real good thing. Uh, you get a, a foreign champion by foreign. He is obviously from Scotland. Uh, he's a big uh, bruiser of a guy. Got a lot of big talent. Um, I, I think Vince McMahon's thing used to be that he wouldn't consider you to be a world champion, even for a championship match, unless he thought you could legitimately win a fight in an alley, like you look like you could win a fight in an alley. Probably most of the reason why WCW was where David Arquette won his title. It would have never happened in WWE, WWF. Uh, but Drew McIntyre, uh, I think he could, he could, I don't know why Seth is his first opponent. It's like he's trying to legitimate, let's see, legitimize this run. Um, how about the fact that 
he beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. Or that supposedly, air quotes, minutes after his match, the Big Show comes out and challenges him and he goes after him. Um, seems like pretty legitimate to me. But they're starting this feud up. Now, the thing I want to know is a lot of times the way you can tell who's the next guy up, like the next challenger up, is uh, what they do previously. Well, the last big match Seth Rollins had before jumping Drew McIntyre to try to get a title shot was he lost not once but twice to Kevin Owens at WrestleMania. So how does that qualify to get a title shot? That that makes no sense. Um, oh, wait. Yes, it does. Seth Rollins is the chosen one of Triple H. It's, it's ridiculous. It really is. Why not find somebody else um, that recently won a big match and have them be the next guy up. Why does it have to be Seth? For one, Seth and Drew, instead of being the opener of the title run, should be somewhere midway between or at the end if Seth's going to beat him. It's just, it's kind of political in a way. It's what it feels like. And hey, WWE, Triple H, Vince, any of you guys, if you don't, if it's not what I'm saying, let me know. You don't even have to come on this show. Send me a little fun little message. We'll get right on that. But if we look at other contenders from uh, Monday Night Raw, people that recently won that uh, could uh, challenge Drew McIntyre. Um, they're trying to build this Andrade thing. Andrade's not ready. He's close. He's not ready. He's already beat the big show. Um, let's see. There's going to be somebody stick out. Let's try to figure out. Who he could. And I'm going through the roster at the moment to what we're doing here. Um, well, Kevin Owens. But I guess Kevin Owens being another good guy could be somewhere down the road. Uh, Randy Orton lost his match. I think Samoa Joe did too. Hmm. Yeah, too many people lost their uh, their uh, recent matches, so I guess they didn't have a choice. But somewhere down the road, I would love to see Samoa Joe, Drew McIntyre. I would love to see. Well, Drew and Ricochet would be pretty good. You got Mysterio. You got uh, Randy Orton. There's three opponents already. Kevin Owens is four. Uh, maybe Jinder Bahal. Maybe you could get him up in there. Okay. So that's five. Brock with a rematch. That's six. You got Bobby Lashley in there. Seven. You already beat Big Show. Andrade, eight. AJ Styles returning. 
That's nine. So there's nine opponents we just come up with for Drew McIntyre. So, all right. I still don't think Seth did anything to deserve this, but when you look at it and you look at the WrestleMania card, um, <laughs> a lot of Raw lost. So, so um, you know what? Why not Seth Rollins? I will change my stance on that. I still think it's a little political, but uh, that's fine because him and Drew can feud for a couple months, actually. This doesn't need to be just a one-off. So, But they open that up with that kind of being stirred up. That moved us into our first match, which is a Money in the Bank qualifying match. It was Austin Theory versus Aleister Black. We all knew Aleister Black was going to win this. But lately, between Apollo Crews and now Austin Theory, another young guy they really believe in, um, have had good quality matches with Aleister Black. It hadn't been uh, he ran over the the mailman or uh, the guy that uh, makes milkshakes at the health spa. It just, I'm glad they stopped doing those. Uh, they're doing them with Sheamus on SmackDown. That that just bugs the crap out of me, too. But, like I said, Aleister Black wins. He's going on the money in the bank. But Austin Theory might have been the ultimate winner in this because Aleister Black's more than likely not going to win the, the uh, money in the bank match. And Austin Theory had a good match with a guy, with another guy in the company they really feel good about. And he had a good showing, a really good showing, where everybody's starting to say, hey, who's this kid? Um, they had Indy Hartwell come up from NXT to face Shayna Baszler. Uh, we had another arm snap situation where uh, she stomps on the arm and supposedly breaks the arm. Uh, she exits through the crowd. I very much like it. They are building Shayna Baszler into a monster. A good monster, like can uh, put you in holes, can just beat you, and uh, like I said, I think she's going to get the run and probably have the career that Ronda Rousey would have had had she not basically quit and ran away, and then now complained about it. But Shayna Baszler, like I said, she uh, comes from the MMA world. She's very good at what she does. Uh, she has a very marketable look. I think she's known as the Queen of Spades. You could, at one point, uh, package people together with her as like little minions. She did. She was part of the Four Horsewomen in uh, NXT, I believe. She was in charge of, of uh, some other people. You could stick some with her. You don't necessarily have to. Um, it would make her more of a queen if they wanted to really play that up, which... It's why I would keep Charlotte, the other queen, on SmackDown and let them let this build up to I don't know WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, one of the big ones to have Queen versus Queen. Um, WrestleMania more than likely would make sense. But Shane Baszler is, like I said, just ability-wise, the attributes, everything. Shayna is poised for a big run. And um, who is the uh, the Raw Women's Champion? Is not for certain right off. Raw Women's Champion. Um, let's find out.
as that's pulling up. But whoever the Raw Women's Champion, because I very much think Shayna is, is probably going to win the women's uh, money in the bank. Oh, Specky Lynch. Without that even coming up. Hadn't even come up yet. Becky Lynch. Becky Lynch, Shayna Baszler. Yeah, we've seen that match, but it had a cheap ending because uh, to be the man, as Becky Lynch claims to be, to be the alpha, basically, um, you won with a roll-up. Yeah, if uh, if you were in the old TNA, it'd make perfect sense because like two-thirds of everything they did were roll-ups. Uh, late WCW kind of got into that, um, you know, but even, even, uh, wow. And, and, uh, some of the other ones don't do so many of the roll-ups. I very much am looking forward to Shayna winning the money in the bank. Um, I really don't think she's, she could be the, uh, sneak up on you maniacal cash in when you're down but i could also see her immediately just throwing out the challenge and saying uh you know hey becky lynch me you this time this date i, I could see that too but she beats andy hartwell supposedly uh breaks her arm as i said and uh exits through the crowd I very much very much like that that is super healed that is super badass basically she is telling everybody i'm in charge what are you going to do about it? Uh, you had Ricochet and Cedric Alexander, who took on Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink, who have been a pretty good tag team in NXT. Uh, they've got to, because of the um, because of the virus now, they've got to come up and face a lot of uh, Raw and SmackDown guys. And, uh, of course, Ricochet and Cedric Alexander get the win, but Thorne and Vink could be a very cool tag team somewhere down the road. Uh, Kari Sane... Took on Nia Jax in a, I don't know, a, a rematch from last week's Money in the Bank qualifier. Uh, Kari Sane got in a few things, but once again, it was kind of a, a Nia Jax show, and it just had already throwing people under the bus. Uh, that moved into MVP versus Apollo Crews. This was a Money in the Bank qualifier as well. It's nice to see MVP back. He's a, he's a good quality mid mid card guy um he can run his mouth a little bit he's athletic he's he's always been pretty good he's got an amazing story if uh, you ever want to look that up uh some of the hardships he came through but uh look at this apollo cruz wins and moves on apollo cruz who came through the atlanta system here as far as on the indie scene uh, he has an incredible story too but uh good that they're they're Pushing some other talent, some young guys they really believe in. Um, Liv Morgan took on Ruby Riot. I don't really know why. Uh, they, yeah, they have a little bit of history, but uh, Ruby Riot just has came back. They're still trying to reestablish her. She is a good quality talent. Can really wrestle. Um, think, um, think uh, Bailey with more edge. As far as talent level, I think. Um, Liv Morgan with the win there. Once again, it, I, I think it might have just been a random match on the show. Uh, another Money in the Bank qualifier, you had Murphy, who is very, very good. And I could see him uh, being pushed hard uh, 
maybe in the next couple of years. Uh, he took on Ray Mysterio, another Money in the Bank qualifier. Uh, Ray Mysterio going on to Money in the Bank to be in that match. Uh, him and Murphy had a good match. Um, Murphy adjusted to him very quickly because wrestling Ray is not easy. He's about five foot seven, something like that. I've met him in person. He really is as short as they say he is, uh, which makes what he does so much more amazing. But Mysterio going on to that one. Charlotte took on Caden Carter. Caden Carter, another NXT standout. She's uh, she's getting better and better. I can see her improvement as I've been. Hey, it's nice being able to watch NXT on regular television because uh, before it, it was hard to either A, remember, or B, actually get the connection I needed to watch NXT off the uh, the app, the website, whatever. But, of course, Charlotte beats Caden Carter, but Caden Carter with a good showing. Um, Charlotte just trying to keep uh, the ring rest off, I believe. I think there's some big things coming for her. Uh, Akira Tozawa took on Andrade. We all know that they're pushing Andrade pretty pretty heavy right now. But Tozawa always comes out, always represents. I very much enjoyed the match with Andrade with the win there. Uh, Santana Garrett, big fan of hers. Um, took on Bianca Belair. I'm just not a fan. I don't get it. I just, I, I don't, I don't get it. But uh, Bianca Belair wins that one, which is just a crying shame because Santana Garrett is a legend. But WWE tends to treat indie legends like this. So, uh, you know, at least she's getting paid. At least she's on TV. And then in the main event, you had Drew McIntyre, the Raw men's champion, versus Angel Garza. Angel Garza, very, very good. He's been on the indie scene for a long time. Uh, just exceptional showmanship. So polished. And uh, as he showed here, he can wrestle with big guys, small guys, in between, whatever, and make it uh, just really, really good. This match is also uh, helping the legitimacy of the Drew McIntyre reign. And, uh, of course, he wins this one. Great match. Great match, because he had to fend off the rest of um, uh, Zelina Vega and her entourage, but very good. Very good match to end Raw. That moves to Impact Wrestling, where we had uh, the Chris Brothers, Jake and Dave, and Fulton, who are all OVE, Ohio versus everyone, or everything. I can't remember. It's one or the other. Uh, led, of course, by Sammy Callahan, which was, he was not out here for this match. They took on the team of Tommy Dreamer, Rhino, and the return of Crazy Steve. I like Crazy Steve. He looks, uh, he's all painted up like he's uh, like at a freaky carnival, but uh, dude can work. Dude can wrestle, man. And uh, him and, and uh, Rosemary used to be big time. Uh, associates uh, used to come out together a lot and uh, they've done a lot for each other's career so uh, it's good to see crazy steve back i hope he is back on a more permanent basis and not just a one-off i feel like he is because this this show was the first impact wrestling they are finally through all of their banked material that had all the crowds this was the first empty arena show and uh, you can see some of the talent um Struggling a little bit, and then some of it was okay. 
But Tommy Dreamer, Rhino, and Crazy Steve end up with the victory on this one. Pretty good match. These are six guys who know how to work. It was a good opener. Uh, that moved us to the next match. The good thing is Impact Wrestling is known for doing a lot of multi-people matches. You know, uh, trios, trio tags, four-team tags, uh, you know, four four singles. Yeah, they're known for doing that. So this, as long as they have the talent, this plays into right now. Uh, the next match was the Rascals, which was Trey and Wentz versus... Triple XL, which is AC Romero and Larry D, and they were verse they were uh, versus TJP and Fala Ba. Um, as much as they've been pushing TJP and Fala Ba, um, AC Romero and Larry D are actually a pretty decent tag team. They're both really big dudes, but uh, they they can work. Um, the Rascals end up getting the victory on this, and Wentz and Trey. Um, of course, they have third member, but uh, he'll show up a little bit later. Willie Mack took on Ace Austin for the X Division title, and your new X Division champion, Willie Mack, he defeated Ace Austin. Ace Austin, he's another guy. He is like a um, kind of like the Miz. Like right now, he's in that mid card phase where uh, he's very solid. Um, they very much like what he does. He is definitely not like other people. He can definitely run his mouth. Um, I think you polish up some stuff and we're going to see some, some uh, really good things out of him coming soon. I'm sure there's going to be a rematch between these two, but Willie Mack gifted, gifted big dude. Uh, Kira Hogan took on Kylie Ray and, uh, Kara Hogan, who, uh, honed some of her skills right down the road from here, actually just a couple towns over. She wrestled that quite a few times. Um, I knew some of the promoters over there. I just didn't make it out to see her while she was here. Um, and Kylie Ray is an up-and-coming, up-and-coming, I guess, newcomer that they've hired in Impact Wrestling. Uh, kind of, when Sue Young stops being Sue Young and starts being Susie, that little clean-cut, goody-goody, that's kind of, what Kylie Ray is, but Kylie Ray is so much, uh, it goes in a different direction with it. Uh, she ends up getting the victory in this one. Uh, it was really, really pretty good match. Uh, of course, as usual, Impact Wrestling had all kinds of, uh, little vignettes and, and all kinds of stuff in between. They, they like to do a lot of theatrical things, which are fine. They, because they back it up with the wrestling action. It actually feeds into stories they're trying to do. Um, and the main event was Ken Shamrock versus Sammy Callahan. Um, a couple things happened in this. This match started in the ring. It ended up going uh, to a backstage area to which uh, the rest of OVE, the Chris Brothers of Fulton, come out and are attacking Ken Shamrock. And as Sammy Callahan comes back into uh, the frame... He takes out the other members of OVE, so I think he is officially splitting ties with them. I think he'll be better off that way. And uh, as he and Ken Shamrock got to the feet at the same time, they said, let's finish this outside. So they did. They fought up and around um, some uh, big tractor trailers and things like that. It's actually well done. I like the way that they film things in Impact Wrestling. It's different. 
it has a theatrical feel to it, but uh, it, it definitely does some really cool things, and, and I enjoy what they're doing. There's a couple other things I don't like, but I can get over those. One thing I did like, you know, like I said, they, um, let's see. What was I going to say? Oh, Impact Wrestling made, um, you know, I've said in, in the previous weeks, their, their champion is Tessa Blanchard. I appreciated the nod they gave her by making her champion. She's had a uh, pretty decent run up to this point. I think it's time to, to move that off of her. Um, now you have uh, Cage that could come back into things. She was supposed to have a uh, triple threat match against Eddie Edwards and Michael Elgin. Well, they made the announcement as they talked to Tessa tonight or on this show, that both of them were at their, their houses. They could not make the the uh, broadcast. And uh, they actually interviewed Eddie Edwards, who said, between him and his wife, who is also a wrestler, um, she's on issues impact wrestling that they made the decision for their family because they do have kids that they were going because of this quarantine they are going to stay home until it is safe to go back out which uh he pretty much hinted towards if that means he gave up his title shot then he'll come back and earn one back very much like what he's doing there but also like they let him come out and say you know, hey, if it was just him, yeah, he don't back away from fights, and, and he would be there. But when he's thinking about his family, and uh, you know, I'm sure Michael Elgin's the same way. Um, I don't know what they're going to do about the title picture because, like tonight's card was the first half of their, I think, Revolution pay-per-view. I'm not sure what the uh, next week's going to be. I guess we'll we'll see. It'll probably involve a world title match of some kind. And in typical Impact Wrestling fashion, what they used to do when people with either no-show or couldn't make shows for whatever legitimate reason, they uh, take somebody who wasn't involved in something and push them into it. That's how we saw the emergence of an Eric Young early in the day, TNA days. So uh, we'll see what they do. Uh, I think Impact Wrestling has, uh, like I said, for this to be their first show without fans, because they're, they're notorious for banking about two months worth of stuff at a time. I think they did well. I think uh, it was actually one of their better shows. NXT. We had, uh, they open up with Tegan Knox and Shotzi Blackheart versus Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. They've had, the four of them have kind of had this weird little mini feud. Um, if this was a blow off, then it was a pretty good one. If it wasn't, I don't know where they're going to go from here. Um, like I said, I, I very much like what Dakota Kai does. Uh, Blackheart and Gonzalez are, are, are pretty decent. Uh, Tegan Knox, big fan of Tegan Knox. I, I like, like I said, her and Dakota Kai have this this crazy. It's 
not to a Gargano. Chapo level, but you can tell that there's a friendship that then there was a wedge driven between and they're both trying to break out at the same time and they're in each other's way. So we're going to see some fun stuff coming up in the near future. They've had all kinds of blow off matches and all kinds of uh, incidents here, there where they try to take out each other. Um, we haven't seen the end of it. I think uh, somewhere maybe soon we're going to see another one. But uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez with the wins there. Like I said, NXT every week, they're, they're bringing it. Uh, Jake Atlas took on Drake Maverick, which uh, we all know that Drake Maverick was actually let go from the company um, about a day or two before this match took place. That was before it. They still filmed it, like because like, he was a part of the Cruiserweight uh, tournament going on here. Uh, Jake Atlas got the win. It was a good win for Jake. Um, Drake is, you know, probably done with the company for now. The layoffs that partially have to do with the virus, but mostly they're the WrestleMania layoffs. Uh, Drake will go back to the indie scene where he tears it up. He'll probably go back to England and do some fantastic stuff. I don't think that's the last we've seen of him. He will definitely surface somewhere uh, on our on our sheet pretty soon. Maybe AEW. Even. you got to think about most people that are let go from WWE have a 30, 60, or 90-day no-compete clause. After means they can't go to any competition. And after that, they can go wherever they want. So people like Zack Ryder, I would be willing to bet we're going to see him in AEW in about two months. I really do. Drake Maverick, maybe so. Maybe same. But, uh, yep, lost his last match. And wishing the best in his future endeavors. Kushida. Took on Tony Nese. Tony Nese. Dude's a workout warrior for sure. Uh, he can really wrestle. But Kushida, man, when he locks on that arm bar, it's over. I guess it's really more of a Kimura, but he calls it something else. Uh, I've been watching Kushida for many, many years in New Japan. Uh, this was a great pickup. I hope they push him. I would like to see Kushida, Rey Mysterio. Um, there are some other... Lighter ones, light heavyweight guys that I think would be fantastic matchups uh, and look forward to seeing those. But Kushida with the win in that one. This is all part of the uh, Cruiserweight Tournament. Mia Yim, who was Charlotte's first opponent and a future opponent of Charlotte, took on Jesse Kamiya. Uh, Mia Yim got a pretty good victory in this one and then got confronted by Charlotte. Um... I don't know. Mia Yim's always been good. I've seen her in TNA. I've seen her here. She's a good, solid wrestler. So we will uh, we'll see what comes up there. But uh, Mia Yim would win. We had gentleman Jack Gallagher, who uh, has grown facial hair. He, you know, he's uh, the redheaded guy. He uh, used to have a pretty cool little, like, Avengers-type gimmick. Not the Marvel Avengers. The Avengers, like the British um, kind of super secret agent. Type stuff. Um, he has kind of shed that along with some hair. He's got a haircut. And... Um, 
a little bit different look. And he took on El Hijo de Fantasma, otherwise known as Fantasma. Uh, Phantasma is uh, fantastic. If I'm not mistaken, he, I can't think of who he was in Lucha Underground, but he was a really, really well-respected high guy. And uh, Phantasma gets the win over Gallagher here. Um, Velveteen Dream and Keith Lee took on Roderick Strong and Adam Cole with Bobby Fish at ringside. Bobby Fish got kicked out of ringside at one point. He did return, but, uh, before he could return, um, Damian Priest came out and, uh, took this little police baton that he has and, uh, hit Keith Lee in the throat with it a few times. Uh, that took him out of the match. So for a while, Velveteen Dream was taking on Roderick and Adam Cole at the same time. Uh, and then Dexter Loomis showed up and stood on the apron and then called for a tag. Yeah. Crazy, psycho-thriller-looking Dexter Loomis. Dude is a wicked, sick workout warrior. We could see that. But, uh, yeah. And uh, he was able to help the Velveteen Dream defeat Roderick Strong and Adam Cole and the returning Bobby Fish, who did come back down there. And uh, this could be interesting. You know, Dexter Loomis seems to be keeping an eye on the undisputed era. So we'll see who he's trying to pick a battle with here. I think it's Roderick Strong. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, kind of strange as he is for him to show up like that. That was a very good showing. Shows how much they believe in him. You know, this could be that Eric Young-like moment I'm talking about, where because of the lack of certain other talent that may have decided to stay home, you've got to still have certain people in certain positions on the card. Maybe Dexter Loomis gets that edge up and uh, becomes a feature player soon. I'm, I'm, I told you guys, I'm a fan. I very much like what he's doing. So it'll be good to see what he will be doing and what he's up to. Um, AEW. Another solid show from them. It opened up with Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allen as part of the TNT tournament. These two fight each other all the time. It was that good every time. And uh, Darby Allen ends up with the big win there. These are the two that they really believe in, that they're really trying to push in the near future. These are the guys they're going to build AEW with. They got all the big talent now, but these are the young guys coming up. Uh, you had Allen Angels take on Kenny Omega. Allen Angels from apparently the Atlanta area, which tells me AEW is filming somewhere around here because a majority of their enhancement talent that they are bringing in are from Atlanta. So my guess they're getting them from around here. Uh, but as good as Allen Angels uh, tried to be, you can't beat Kenny Omega, who is still one of the top five talents wrestlers in the world right now. Um, I would just off the top of my head, um, Kenny Omega, AJ Styles, um, Jay Lethal, um, Naito, 
from Japan, and I'm probably leaving somebody out, but uh, I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Kevin Owens. These are people that could wrestle a mop and make the mop look like Ric Flair. And that's not a shot at Ric Flair's hair. Kenny Omega with the win there. Jimmy Havoc took on Orange Cassidy. Up until now, we don't see Orange Cassidy do a whole lot of offense. But he did. And uh, he ends up getting the win in this one. He took some shots, too. Jimmy Havoc, very good uh, English kind of vampire-looking guy. Uh, kind of a little more punk than vampirish, I guess. But uh, as good as he is, Orange Cassidy with the win there. Uh, Lee Johnson took on Mr. Mayhem Wardlaw, or Woodlow, who is uh, MJF's bodyguard. Uh, we're going to get into MJF here in a second. Uh, Mr. Mayhem absolutely has the right name. He pretty good wrestler. Big power guy for sure. I mean, you could tell. Big workout guy. Uh, Lee Johnson tried, but uh, Wardlow with the win. The MJF update is that something's going on with his hand or his finger or something, I think, or his arm. And I think he he, he was trying to get away from having surgery. I think he's going to end up having to have surgery or there's an infection. There's something going on where he is going to be out of action for a little while. And uh, we'll just we'll see how things go because he's another up and coming guy that that you could see down the road, world champion like. Uh, Brody Lee, the leader of the Dark Order, took on Justin Law, also another guy from Atlanta. Uh, Brody Lee with the I'm not sure what you call it, discus, I guess, discus clothesline, and uh, it's a hell of a clothesline. I mean, throws it like Stan Hansen, like he's trying to, to hit you to the next town without you taking a Greyhound bus. But uh, Brody Lee with the win there. Kip Sabian with his girlfriend Penelope Ford at ringside took on Dustin Rhodes with Brandy at ringside, which helps out because Penelope likes to get involved in almost everything. So uh, Brandy did her best to keep him out of it. This was a corner final TNT tournament match. Um, Dustin had said that uh, if he lost this match, that he would be done, which should have told everybody he's not going to lose. Not right now. He's close to retiring, but he's he can still do it, and I think he's going to stick around a little bit longer. Uh, he won this match, of course. He will take on the Murder Hawk, Lance Archer. And I believe Darby Allen is going to take on, who's the other guy? Oh, Cody Rhodes. And that is the, um, and uh, that's the, the semis of that tournament. I think it's going to be good. Uh, SmackDown, Drew Gulak took on King Corbin. This was a Money in the Bank qualifier match. Gulak looked pretty good. King Corbin, really starting to hone his skills, really starting to do some good things. I really like he's starting to play up the King thing, but not in the way that other people do it. More in like a, uh, yeah, I'm the King. What are you going to do about it? Instead of, oh, I'm the King, bow to me. Oh, I, I see he's doing it a different way. I like it. But uh, Corbin wins. He's going to the Money in the Bank qualifier, as we thought. Uh, Sheamus ran over a guy named Daniel Vadeau. That's about the most... 
exciting thing about the whole match. Um, after the match now, Sheamus did go over to Michael Cole, uh, yell at him about something, and uh, take his headset and sling it. Not sure what problem he has with Michael Cole, but I'm sure he's got to get in line if he's going to do that there. Miz and Morrison took on Lucha House Party, which was uh, Grand Metalik and Lynch Dorado. And Lucha House Party actually with the roll-up victory. It was a uh, actually a good, solid match. Now, Sasha Banks with her friend Bailey came out as they were, as uh, Sasha was going to face Lance, uh, Lacey Evans for a Money in the Bank qualifier for the women's side. Um, this is where I'm going to get on a little bit of a tangent again. Uh, Sasha and Bailey came out, and I think Sasha had it to start with, and then Bailey had it throughout the match till the end. They had a fan, like a little paper fan that they're um, like uh, fanning themselves with, and it was a photo. The fan was was uh, a photo of Lacey Evans' daughter. Yeah, this is where I go into a tangent. To me, this is too far. It is beyond unnecessary. Um, I remember Eddie Guerrero talking, the late Eddie Guerrero talking about when he did a storyline with Rey Mysterio and his son Dominic, who we've seen in you know the past year, training to be a wrestler, I believe, where Eddie claimed to be Dominic's uh, poppy, his dad. It's completely false. Eddie hated doing it. It was just a storyline they put him in, and uh, he, he tried to get him to not do it, and they did it anyway. Well, that's kind of where they're at here. I like that Lacey plays up that her daughter, uh, she tries to be a role model for her daughter. I think she's very good at that, former military and everything. She has her at ringside a lot and stuff like that. But where can this story go? On the, uh, her daughter is not old enough to pull off the ultimate storyline, which is um, where somewhere down the road, the daughter goes against her mother as far as uh, joins the other side, you know, wears their colors or something. But uh, that would defeat everything Lacey's about. Um, I just, I don't like involving family like this. I don't like when they pull their wives in, their girlfriends uh brothers eh, kind of get around but when you get into kids i don't like it at all i don't and i i'm a big i like bailey she's very very good and talented uh big fan of lacey evans once again i like everything she's about good or bad i think she's got a, a great gimmick and and uh, she does fantastic stuff um not a fan of sasha she does okay um but i, I just don't like by the end, um, as Lacey won the match, she uh, she did the women's right, which is a big, just solid right-hand punch to the face, which did Sasha. She had the fan in her hand, and she ended up leaving with it. So I'm glad. I'm glad that she was able to do that. But, I mean, where are you going from here? Because if you're starting to make it personal like that, this is just kind of getting into this feud. How much further is it going to go? And there's just nowhere to really go into it. Just nowhere to go. Like I said, I don't like involving kids in stories like this because you're just starting to get into this weird, creepyville, and you just don't need to be in it. You don't. 
but Lacey Evans with the win. She's going on the money in the bank, and she got the picture back. So that's most important. Uh, Bliss Cross, otherwise known as Alexa Bliss, and Nikki Cross, one of my favorite tag teams on the current circuit, defended their women's SmackDown tag team titles versus Dana Brooke and Carmella. Apparently Dana Brooke and Carmella have been friends. They were at the same tryout for WWE years ago. Two solid talents. Uh, completely different the way they do things, but nothing wrong with that. They could be a good team down the road if they keep putting them together like that. But Bliss Cross, of course, with the big victory, they did this. Uh, like Nikki Cross did kind of a, was kind of going for a flapjack. And Alexa Bliss kind of jumped up and grabbed, I believe it was Carmella, and dropped her with kind of a, a DDT-like thing. And so uh, apparently that's their new double-team move. And it, I liked it. Thought it was pretty good. I thought they'd pull it off well. So Bliss Cross continue to be the tag team champions uh, for the women on Raw. Never a bad thing. And then lastly, they did a small celebration for Triple H, who has been with the WWE for 25 years now. Uh, he had, they had Shawn Mo- he come out and talk for a minute. Shawn Michaels come out and talk for a minute. And then as Shawn would mention people, they would call... And FaceTime Triple H. That included Stephanie. That included Ric Flair. Uh, the Road Dog called anyway. I'm sure Billy Gunn would have, but he was on AEW. Uh, he's still funny, by the way. But uh, just overall had had some interesting interactions and things like that happen. And uh, the best part was at the end, Vince McMahon come out. And um, in Vince McMahon fashion, uh, kept throwing a few shots. He goes, well, you are my son-in-law. I do love you. And, um, but, uh, cause Sean brought up the fact that Triple H has lost like 12 times at WrestleMania and they kept going through a bunch of different things like that, uh, to where finally Vince said, uh, yeah, I think we're done here. And he walked off with his music playing and, uh, Triple H said, are you, are you kicking us out? Are you throwing us out? And him and Sean are kind of laughing. And then the lights start to get cut out. And right before the last one goes out, Sean comes up and uh, taps Triple H on the chest like, uh, we should probably leave. So uh, it was funny. Triple H making fun of himself. As uh, he's he's been prone to do, he's not afraid to do that. Uh, he he knows, yeah, 25 is, is a, a good achievement. It's a great achievement. Uh, it's fun to make fun of some of the other stuff. The fact that he doesn't win much at WrestleMania. But he headlines a lot, and that's when they start showing some of his stats. It it's just incredible when you see um, where he's came from, and uh, even pre WWE days, you know the stuff he did in WCW and otherwise was just to see how far he's come. It's been uh, just a great journey. And at some point, probably not in the near future, his journey will come to an end, just like ours today. Appreciate you guys tuning in to another great edition of Strong Style. This one called Catching Up. As we saw Impact Wrestling catch up, they are, they are now uh, doing shows without fans, just like uh, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW have all been doing. Uh, starting off next week, hopefully, um, I am going to catch the Flip Gordon Ring of Honor feature. I look forward to talking about that. We will also talk Raw, SmackDown. Impact Wrestling, NXT, AEW, and uh, anything that happens in between. I'm going to try to get some updates from 
maybe New Japan and uh, some of the other ones to see what might be going on with them. But until then, I am Jeremy the Impact York. Thanks for tuning in to another great edition of Strong Style. We will see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling.